All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We are sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76th and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, this week on the show, we have Dominico. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's good to hear. Very well, very well indeed. Glad to uh, finally be a part of the podcast. Oh, glad to have you. I'm a good follower. You know, I have a lot of hour and... 15 to hour and 42 minutes of my times to waste <laughs> like i like i like uh what sucks is uh, i don't have youtube red mm. so like you know i put it in my pocket i'll be at work shut it off and be mad fuck now i gotta scroll back find the episode but i really like uh you know engaging conversation i like when things are put on the table it's good to hear yeah wait do, do you have uh, an iphone though oh yeah. yeah if you have the podcast app you can just listen to the audio and let it play in your pocket so you learn something new every day yeah. so if anyone's watching on youtube and you want to listen on the go you can check out the apple podcast app and find us on there yeah, you need to go ahead and get that that stitch stand right there you know what i'm saying no, like a nascar yeah. oh wow yeah if i could get like a little uh, vinyl underground patch and sew I it mean, on go ahead and start pat- i'll patch it up no they, uh, we might have to up the the fee if that happens but, oh yeah, uh, you know we've been <laughs> trying to get hot box cookies for, for what seems like decades now. No, yeah, that came up during, like when wait that might have came up when I had Joe on like a few weeks ago. Yeah, he uh, tell we you were, we got an email. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got an email, but it it wasn't talking about anything. But mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like, oh, thank you. And that was it. Yeah, That's you're it. welcome. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good place to start. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're listening. Free cookies while you're sitting chatting with your chatting with the boys. You know, it's kind of like they say, uh, grab a cold one with the boys. It's grab a warm one, like a cookie, though. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of suggestive. It doesn't have the same ring to it. It might be a little... It kind of made me uncomfortable when I said it. Grab a warm one. Sounds like like some some predator shit, (laughs) Loki. That's scary. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to scare your listeners too bad. That's oh no, my everybody who's listening to me know I'm crazy. <laughs> I come I come with a disclaimer. It's good. Don't want to <laughs> freak anyone out. Nah, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, you have your new album "Perfect Weekend" out now on all digital platforms. Yes, yes, yes. Very happy. Very, very grateful. To finally have that out for sure. Grateful for all the free time I have now for sure. Mm. Because man, I will mm. never allow a concept to ruin me like that again. Never. Maybe in like three years. Yeah. But like never. Never. For real. But uh no yeah, how how long had you been working on the album? Well, the initial thought came up like four years ago in the dream, but like I want to say, like, solid, like, really working, like, on my nerves, on Mab's nerves, on Kevin's nerves. Like, I want to say a good two and a half years, you know, of just, uh, I mean, it started out as just pure creation. I mean, we had an idea for sounds, and we experimented, we explored uh, the process. The process, uh, I felt like it wouldn't have lasted so long like if we wanted to settle because i feel like we had like good versions of perfect weekend before like some of the songs have two maybe even three reworks you know it's like 20 songs didn't make it you know 20 plus you know but that just gave me more ammunition like some of those ideas i still want to revisit i still want to you know build on side projects but i mean I'm glad it didn't take four years because I've worked on an album for four years before. And Is that Wood Floors? Yeah, that yeah. I just I'd had some of those beats forever. Some of those songs were written for so long, but they all fit in that uh, that core concept. It, it all went cohesive with the LP. So, I mean, it, it got done when it was supposed to be done. I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. but never, not no four years because I don't know. I feel like I could rap all day, so there's no reason. I shouldn't have content, you know, c- consistently. But, like, quality. Because quality is deserved. It's warranted. Yeah. It's one of the uh, most prevalent struggles, probably, of being a, an artist of any type is the quantity versus quality thing. Yeah, but I feel like, okay, so 
and I was just talking about this to somebody. So consistency gets confused with like uh, quantity a lot. So people are like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, remain consistent. So I'm gonna drop three freestyles a week. You know what I'm saying? No matter like what they are or anything. Like you can drop something, but like it needs to have some sort of end game. You can't just be shooting wild. And I mean, if you are shooting wild, at least have something structured you might be working on or might be working towards. Because at least then, like, I don't know, it <laughs> it's not just lost in the flood. Because that's the worst. Like, when people really started, like, really going in that, that piff, like, you couldn't find your mixtape anymore, you know? So everybody had to start sponsoring and doing all that. And, like, it's funny to see, like, Facebook, like, adopt that. Because people are, like, mad about that now. But, it, like, it used to just be an option anywhere. But now it's, like, mandatory. Like, if you want people to see your shit, you got to pay this fee. You know, pay me this $20 over the span of seven days, bro. <laughs> and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. That's pretty scary to me. Because, I don't know. I don't I don't move like that. I don't I don't like to move like that. Mm. I don't think anybody should. Yeah. You kind of hope for like a more like I don't know, just kind of genuine or like kind of off that like organic feel to like how you like interact with people and release your music. Uh absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh in perfect uh, a perfect uh world. Like of course I just want to be like, "Oh, I dropped some and people attach themselves to it." And it grows, you know, beyond what I could ever dream of. But, of course, like, I utilize uh, every tool that I come across in some shape, form, or fashion. But probably not uh, ideally how uh, a, uh, one of these, uh, what do you call them, like a, a PR, like a, like a media uh, strategist would, you know, mm. probably recommend. You know, because really you need, like some sort of budget if you want those tools to really work for you because you know I can sponsor some shit right now but like for what you know like I have to be strategic about it and I don't think people are at this thing people are like I dropped a song $50 like I dropped a song like you'll go broke like that you know what I'm saying I have <laughs> you know I, I have made several of those uh, mistakes I put a lot of money in the wrong places mm-hmm. before so and I just I don't know some people can get lost in that thinking it's the only way that's but, why I, I would yeah I would much rather the organic I mean but like we don't live in that time no more like it, that it, that's still alive that that kind of surge from the underground but you know it's not as prevalent so what what has been like your like kind of approach to like promoting your work recently been like because you said you you know the the ways you tried in the past didn't really work out for you um well i think the thing is like when something doesn't work for me i improve on it instead of like all right so i don't want to do this anymore like all right i failed at this so now i'm done with it oh whatever no i think I've always been one to be like, all right, so this didn't work, so how can I do it better so it will work? You know, because I always feel like I'm led to where I'm supposed to be, in a sense. So if I came across something, I was supposed to either, you know, gain that experience or use this as, you know, a desired resource. But uh, right now, like, I want to say... It all comes down to, like, uh, when I want to post something. I think that that's the only thing that keeps me relevant because I feel like if I do just post a bunch of shit, like, nobody would care. But, like, as uh, scarce as I am with my posts, like, and, like, scarce, but I add, like, it's universally the same around. So, you know my brand remains strong because, I mean, that's what I use my, my socials for, is for my brand, you know. It's not, like, a bunch of photos of me in pools swimming and stuff, but, like, literally, like, I keep it all universal. I keep it all looking the same because I would, like, you know, 
to keep it at some level of um, professionalism. Mm-hmm. But I mean, big, but big, big time, big time, like the people, like big time, like I wouldn't be anywhere without the people who listen to my music. Like that's that's the main reason I am anything. You know, of course, I mean, I do what I do. I've hung posters, I sold tickets, but like the people, man, word of mouth. That I mean, and that's just that that organic surge I'm talking about. Like, you know, it, it helps. It's still alive, but it's just not as prevalent. But I mean, that keeps me strong. You know, but I ain't really hoping for like you know too much. I don't got pipe dreams no more. Like mm. all that's all that's gone. But um, what was I gonna say there? Um. You mentioned that, um, like, you you feel like you've been led to, like, different things in your life and your work, like, for a reason. Like, so is is kind of, like, destiny to some extent or, like, some other form of that, like, something you believe in? Yeah, uh, in a sense, I kind of got, like, my own, literally, like, my own version of it, but it kind of just stems from... You know, things I've researched, things, uh, you know, I've experienced. But, like, definitely, like, uh, ordered steps, uh, following the red thread, you know, whatever you want to say. My mom, she has a she has a way a way to uh, describe it. And she blames it on, uh, because I'm a Pisces, she blames it on my astrology sign. She says, you don't care if the boat ever docks. That's how she describes it. And I mean that's spot on because I'm literally just you know, I'm I'm exi- I exist, you know what I'm saying. But like I don't just exist. I'm not just taking up space. I'm not just a mouth breather. But like I'm literally just, you know, here. Like I'm here. You're here. I'm here. And I take that very. I take that seriously. I guess you'd say so. Like I'm here. But like nobody knows what they're doing. We're just doing a bunch of shit we want to do. Mm. But um. No, yeah, and you had also been talking about your approach to, like, social media and promotion and stuff. And um, you said you, you are kind of, like, scarce with some of the stuff, like, you include in those posts. But leading up to the album, you had been posting this series of, like, minute-long videos mm-hmm. that you titled See You Tomorrow, which is one of the songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you want to, uh, like, talking those videos about all the different stuff you're working on um i i want to blame that on the the anxiety or any anxiousness or any doubt i held towards how people would receive the sound a perfect weekend or just like even just like you know feel about it so i felt like if i would put myself out there just even like a little bit but see when I do things they have to mean something to me like I can't just do something because oh well that's how he posted it that's how I'm supposed to release the album I'm supposed to alright get t-shirts I'm supposed to get CDs I'm supposed to do shows like watching everybody just walk down the same path is like disgusting sometimes so I had to make sure it meant something to me and you know like like I said I am scarce and you know Sometimes it does kind of get to me, like, oh, well, maybe if I would post more, you know, I'd already be signed. But, like, at the same time, I know, like, that in itself is a ridiculous statement. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get signed because I post. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get signed because, you know, my talent, because of my rapport, because, you know, of my stage presence. But, like, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it at first, but eventually it became a job to do one-minute videos every day. Like, eventually I was, like, laying down. Because I wanted to make sure I did, like, every day. Like, you know, between the time span of 24 hours. And I remember laying down. It's, like, 11.30. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I recorded one in complete darkness because I was already, like, drifting off to sleep. Like, for real. Like, it became, it became a chore. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, it made me feel bad for people you see, like, on YouTube and literally like wake up and be like all right so i'm i'm vlogging today like oh, yeah, that's you you miserable that's you've turned life into a job you know and i can't i can't handle that man i can't i can't be happy like that cuz i didn't even want to like and that's not to say i didn't want to promote my album but just like that level of social media 
is not my forte. But it's there's always like that that X factor, you know what I'm saying? Always like, you know, all right, so what can I do different? Like I pride on originality. All right, well this is the same thing everybody does. Everybody shoots a video. I'm talking about my album, Whoop to Move Wham, I'm so important. But you know what I'm saying? I had like I said, I had to you know, cater it towards me, had to mean something. And it did, because, I mean, See You Tomorrow, like you said, it's the last uh, song on the album, and, like, that's how I feel about Kansas City, you know what I'm saying? And that love-hate whole spectrum, like, of course, I'm going to see you tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I guess kind of to just jump into the album itself, um, would you, you would you consider it a concept album because heavily kinda, yeah heavily because um no yeah uh the cover and like a lot of your posts about the album include like this orange tire mm-hmm. that you're pushing around and mm-hmm. putting on a car and all this stuff so I, like you don't have to like lay your hand out and just reveal every detail about it i'm, I'm sure you want to leave a little to the imagination but i was kind of curious what that symbol meant to you i mean but it, even at at the same time like i i can't even like lay it all out because i ran the concept of perfect weekend and through so many realities so many realms that like like every time i talk about it, i have to explain six different things you know like when i explain the concept i literally have to explain three different you know three different eras three different stories but the tire like Okay, so long story short, the tire is easy to brand, you know, and that that that's another thing that like I feel like hinders me as an artist, like as like far as like how I how long I take on things is like all right, so how will I market it or how will I brand it? Because I think it's stupid. Because if I could just be like, hey, I got a CD, you know, what I'm saying nobody would care. But how can I? How can I catch your eye? How can I make you look at this and go, what, what is this? What's going on? Okay, so first of all, it's easy to brand. Uh, shout out to Elon, too. This, uh, the, the whole uh, tire idea was his. I, just, I, I ran the concept through him, and he pretty much you know, came up with that idea all on his own. And, of course, I was game because it was, you know, it was relatable. You know, it was easy to accomplish. But... The tire represents, like, okay, so me finding something else to make it to wherever I'm going, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, the tire is literally, like, another idea, you know? And you, if you can see, I'm putting it on the car. There's no rim on it or anything. So it's, like, Obviously, it's not going to work. The car's not going to go anywhere because there's no rim on the tire. You know what I'm saying? You can't drive it like that. But it's orange, so it kind of adds some sort of mysticism, some sort of uh, mythical aspect. You know, because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in magic, you know, like like heavy. So, like, I, uh, Final Fantasy and, like, RPGs kind of, you know, push that all through my life. But, like, you know, coming across, like, actual magic, you know, actual miracles and stuff. Like, so I always play off of mysticism and shit like that. Even if it's just a little bit, but like with Perfect Weekend I wanted to be uh more stern, more more firm, more serious, you know, about it, you know. Not not as Disney, especially with the cover cuz I feel like the music is kind of like Disney, like East of Truths Disney, you know what I'm saying? If East of Truths was a Disney movie, it'd be Perfect Weekend. Hmm. Yeah, and um was like kind of I'm, I'm about to keep track of stuff. Memories. Ah, ah yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> See, look. Um, but where where does um the title play into like these different themes too? Because the album starts off with the song Friday, mm-hmm. and the second to last song is Sunday. So is like is all the action of the album and the the thoughts like taking place over a specific weekend or what, what how does that play into things okay so uh, the title itself um, first of all it was safe you know what I'm saying it was safe and it, it, it represented uh, exactly what I saw in the dream four years ago so I was like okay I can run with it like I've had dreams about other albums and stuff and been like ah nah 
<laughs> not 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 naming my album that, you know what I'm saying? Be trash. But I mean, whatever. But it uh it doesn't represent a specific uh time, like a specific one time, but like maybe even like a specific many of times or like over a span because like I wrote it from a point of when I was doing like I want to say like hella shows hella shows a week type shit maybe like two three shows a week you know just getting down into the into like you know I guess you say that the scene doing hella open mics uh managed by shameless you know just it comes from like those feelings of of anxiety, those feelings of uh, exhaustion, and yeah, the 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 weekend helped me uh, tie the concept together to where I could present it to somebody and they would understand what I was talking about. Because I can be like, yeah, I did these shows and I had hell anxiety and people suck, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's not pretty enough for a motherfucker to listen to you. Like, it really. Uh, it really just represents like earlier years in Westport, basically. I mean, and that's that's I mean that's Kansas City shit, but like that's that's that could be uh, you know from the scene in Chicago. You know, I'm, I know people go through these same things. You know, people trying to get people to the show, people, you know, venue. People feel you know that ego that yeah, like you on top of the world. You get to peaking, people holding you up, telling you this is it. You know, you feel like this is it. This it's about to happen. You know, yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, man. Like it's 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 so many like post-it notes. You know, I, I probably look like a conspiracy theorist if you saw like my wall at the early stages of Perfect Weekend. But I just had to make sure, like, even though I was being safe, you know, I had to be uh, I had to be on point with my concept. Mm-hmm. And so you you were saying that on the song Peking, you're like talking about how like people are saying that like, oh, you're about to make it like this is your time and all this stuff. Is that what you kind of meant there? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when you have a good show, like and I mean, I know uh, I know many of people that have had uh, the uh, that that the the big money night, you know what I'm saying? Big money night. Oh, you fuck around and made. 1200 you know what I'm saying after performing over a span of however long you like yeah you know what I'm saying this is it and people everybody want to hug you everybody giving you dap and that was another thing with Perfect Weekend I personified it as a woman you know what I'm saying most times to help people understand because if I would just express that people are gassing you up I would be saying the same thing but like literally saying it the same so like, I'm saying the same thing, but I had to, you know, make it mean something to me. And, like, yeah, people will tell you, like, you know, this is it. Like, it's about to happen for you. But they're on the outside looking in. You know, they see your photos of you at the shows, and they see you, you know what I'm saying, in the pit or on stage or in the green room. And they're like, man, you living. You know what I'm saying? You here. You did it. So, yeah, like, absolutely. But I just made sure it was sexy enough for you to like attach yourself to mm-hmm. you know before it meant something to you yeah and i think you kind of mentioned something similar on uh see you tomorrow also you're like like saying like someone like calls you a legend or something and like you're still just like not even getting paid for stuff and oh whatever. yeah yeah and i'm pretty sure like stick figure might have like tweeted something <laughs> I was similar just or, about to say that yeah? i was oh my god Oof. because that's that's so true, bro. And like, I t- I tell people that all the time. Like, you know, I'm I'm just like you until something major happens. You know, like of course, like everybody's trying to be the most hardworking. Everybody's trying to be the best lyricist. What I mean, whatever you trying to do, whatever you're trying to do, I know you're trying to do it. But like, I'm just like you. Like, like <laughs> that shit is so funny. Yeah. Call me a legend, but then pay me at the end of the show. Like that. Yeah. Like that doesn't even make sense. That does not compute. That shows me exactly what you think of me, you know, and that that's what I mean, like you know all that all that fake, and it's like I don't even think people realize like most of the time that they're doing stuff like that, like literally contradicting themselves in the moment, like baffling, mm. oh yeah, and it's funny too, because in addition to like stick saying something pretty similar 
um, like even in um, there was the the latest uh, pitch cover story was about um, Shy Boys, the mm-hmm. the Kansas City rock band, and they um, had put out their self titled album back like four years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And like they got a pitchfork, like a positive pitchfork review, and they got like all these blogs to cover them, and they did like some small tours and stuff. And everyone's like, "Man, like once once all this, like once the reviews go up, and once you get these tours, like you're gonna, like you won't be able to, like it'll be your time. You'll just be out of here." And then just like it never happened at that point, yeah. and it didn't. It took like four more years for their new album to just come out and they're finally on like a national label and mm-hmm. they're like wow that was like a really depressing time waiting those four Man, years for I, that to I, happen in between i hear it I, congratulations to them though you said they did get signed though i mean they worked for them, man i'm glad they didn't like you know i didn't let that get to them no yeah they, like they and they added like um a couple new members and like one of them was quoted as saying like Man, yeah, I was so happy to be in this band that I love, but it was so sad because I knew they were about to break up. And like, hey, I mean, hey, that's gonna yeah. look good for the VH1 behind the music, you know? When they yeah. make when they make their lifetime biopic, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's gonna make somebody cry. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, what else do we got here? Um, oh yeah, another um, thing I found pretty interesting when. Like, I was, I was doing my research for the interview, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading an interview of yours from maybe, like, three or four years ago. Right. And you were talking about um, how you would listen to, like, neo-soul stuff with your mom and, like, Kansas City, like, gangster rap with your dad and, um, and how you were also kind of living in the jazz district, so that live music kind of, like, influenced you to a certain yeah, that, extent. Yeah, that flair. Yeah, and then additionally, like you said, you kind of found out about rock music as like a teenager, and yeah, that was like, like the first genre. Like I was like, oh shit, like I like this. Yeah. So like it's kind of like interesting to me how many like different like pieces of like different musical culture that um, you like find yourself interested or immersed in, mm-hmm. and how it kind of plays into the music you make. Is there anything that you find like? Real interesting about that. Yeah, um, the most interesting, thing, the the most interesting, inter- uh, <laughs> the most interesting thing, like as of now, like, and I was just excited to say this is that I can make the music I used to listen to, like mm-hmm. that. I was just so excited to say that, like, it took a it took a long time for me to be like okay with my voice on a microphone or in a studio. So like. The fact that it's taken me this long, like, this is the most Nico I've ever felt. Just because, like you said, like, I have been influenced by, like, a lot of different genres. Like, even before, like, I found rock music, I can remember a time where I had, um, I had, uh, he was Vietnamese. I had a Vietnamese friend in middle school. Uh, (laughs) His name was Vu. Shout out to Vu. If If you're watching this right now, Vu. We're gonna play Dance Dance Revolution again, like the old days. So, I, like, I got attached to like tons of techno. Like, there was a there was a time where Sandstorm was my favorite song, and like my pops would like walk in because I'm blaring it on his speakers, and I'm just like, you know, on 27th from Cleveland, <laughs> and like, you know, he just walk in, shake his head. <laughs> but like, like I, 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 if it moved me, like I was there, and then like after that, it was like drowning pool and all that all that you know god smack all that like movie trailer rock that's what i like to call it because that's where i found that shit like i heard it and i was like all right so now i gotta go physically look for it you know that was the first music i was like oh man i want to listen to it and then the first album i had was the white stripes self-titled and that worked because uh not only like how simple like the the composition was but like you know like like they, they it wasn't like hella members of the band i didn't have to keep up with hella names because you know back then it was like i forgetting people i was meeting in real life so like i remember like first learning jack white's lane you know like vividly like remember like that type of stuff like cassette days you know like even like yeah. oh yeah and what you said um 
you were talking about how, um, like, you, you're happy that you're, like, finally getting to, like, make the type of music that, like, you, like, are really influenced by. Mm-hmm. And I feel, like, the same way about Tyler, the Creator's music, too, because I don't know, like, how familiar you are with, like, all the stuff that he's into, but, like, for years in, like, all of his interviews, he's been talking about, like, all this, like, really obscure, like, jazz fusion stuff and, like, all Mm -hmm. these, like, weird kind of, like, niche stuff. And, like, finally on Flower Boy, he's, like, really, like, able to bring those compositions and that style of music to life. And, like, you can kind of trace, like, you could hear little bits and pieces of it in, like, his previous albums, but, like... Unlike interludes and stuff, though, he wasn't really, like, tapped into it. Like, I hear you. But yeah, it kind of like finally like all clicked together and absolutely had the resources. To oh do yeah, it. I, I'm I'm very familiar with uh, like his influences and stuff too because uh, it's not too many people that listen to Toro Moi or know even how to pronounce his name. So like, I, I really appreciate anybody who could like enjoy his music hmm. because like he he holds one of my favorite albums of all time, and like it's barely words on it. Hmm. Wait, which album is that? Uh, Causes of this. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's back when uh, he was really getting the the chill wave mm. stamp. Like people were really like, "This is chill wave." Like, I don't even know if like vapor wave was like like as sensationalized as it is now. Like now, you know, people can put it on t shirts and be like, "Oh, that's vapor wave." You know, people like know yeah. what that is. But like, you know, I feel like you know he's he's one of those like unsung uh, trendsetters, one of those unsung like, and like I didn't know it was a band like. And low-key, like, that's the only time I've ever felt starstruck. Like, I met him at the Granada not too long ago. Had him sign some tickets. Like, you know, I was like, Toro. And he was like, Chad. I was like, oh, this is so great. You know what I'm saying? I, that, was a, that was a good moment. I had, like, a pocket full of, like, merch. And, like, I was doing, like, the, the Dominico trading card game heavy back then, too. I could have gave him, like, a thousand of those. And I, didn't, I froze up. You know what I'm saying? Never again, though. Now he now he gonna sign me if I meet him again. You know what, I'm what, what are the trading cards? Uh, so uh, back when I had budget, you know what I'm saying to do such, and eventually I'll bring it back because I really do feel like it's a good idea. And I'm not just saying that because it's mine, but I uh, did this thing called the Dominico trading card game, which is basically I would uh, it was a way to collab with uh, art artists, but like you know illustrators, painters. Like I basically would uh send an artist like a i think it was like a two by five kind of like business card you know standard size and they would you know paint a graphic pertaining to my music or just anything really like my like you know they would ask me like what i like because i've got like like five ready to go right now i just don't have anywhere to print them like the place i used to go uh it was in the crossroads it's not there no more so i'm just scoping you know for when i make that move but you know, they would, uh, you know, draw a design. I'd print it up, laminate it, cut it out myself. Like, and these, I'm talking like three, four hundred cards. You know what I'm saying? This is me, like, arts and crafts all over again. Yeah. Like, and it was really good because I could promote the artists. I could promote my brand, their brand. And it just was one of those times where, like, it w- it felt good because, like, you know, that that's, you know, one of my influence. Like, the whole... Uh, I guess you would say like the 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 nerd culture, you know, the video games, the trading cards, like anime, like that was one way like I really tapped into that and like, you know, made it something. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally turned it into something. So yeah, like definitely like that'll come back. But like right now, I just want to focus on the music and I have a couple other endeavors I'm really focused on right now too. Hmm. So you want to have a video game one day? Uh, absolutely and if Hideki Kojima doesn't fucking die you know before I can get up there like that'll be fucking amazing like if he could produce like a you know what I'm saying I'd base it in Kansas City cause like you know playing Grand Theft Auto and shit I was sitting there like oh man if I could be riding up Truce right now you know what I'm saying it probably would be no good. <laughs> so you think it would be kind of like a sandbox game, or do you have much of a plot in mind? Oh, or? yeah, it'd be sandbox, you know, RPG, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you'd have to be, like, doing some old crazy shit. you have to be, like, able to jump off buildings. I'd have to be able to, you know, it'd literally be, like, Avatar, but, like, modern day. It, like, 
chaos included. You know what I'm saying? Like if I throw a boulder at somebody on the plaza, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you feel me? Like Fogo the Chow is not gonna be there no more. <laughs> like we blowing up Fogo the Chow in my game. Like everything is fully destructible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm telling you, I'm going. I'm pulling out the stops. I need top notch graphics, uh, exclusive uh, characters. Of course, you know Tech will be in it. You know what I'm saying? He'll do something. You might get missions from him. Maybe he'll be a boss. Yeah, maybe he'll be a boss. He turns into a boss. You know, he actually turns into the king of darkness. You know what I'm saying? I'm going in. That's all I need is budget, and it's over. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I had a million dollars right now, of course I would take care of myself. But, like, I'm trying to see what's up with Studio Ghibli and if they want to, you know, make my my life into, like, a Studio Ghibli doc series. You know, that'll be tight. Netflix will buy that. I'm telling you, I got cash ideas. <laughs> I just need the budget. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, another thing I thought, like, it, it was just kind of a random thought that occurred to me when I was reading that same interview where you're talking about, like, the music you heard growing up. But, like, and it kind of, like, ties into, like, your the the songs you have about, like, like feeling kind of like stuck in Kansas City mm-hmm. but like do you feel like cuz i i don't know this is it makes kind of sense to me but like do you think that young like my generation or like even like people your age too like this generation of Kansas Cityans don't care as much about listening to local artists because like you know just like sitting on my porch like I hear cars driving by all day listening to Rich the Factor and I know it you know it's all like 30 40 mm-hmm. year old dudes but like I don't you know I never hear a car driving by playing like some like yeah. like any act that's like under 30 years old you know yeah so. I understand what you're saying um I feel like um man Kansas City just has a weird personality about it where if it isn't doing anything then you don't want to be a part of it you know like there are uh people that only come to kansas city to come to westport you know what i'm saying like because if it's not doing anything like it's not about anything like like perfect weekend like people that have never talked to me never shared never liked you know what i'm saying like if it's not doing anything like they don't want to fuck with it and i mean that's just it. Rich the Factor just had the resources to be in your face and drop 20 albums on you a month, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. And, I mean, you know, Rich has been, like, I remember I remember listening, like, to his first shit, you know what I'm saying, with my pops in the car. Like, I, he's been. He's been on. And, like, he's done more than just make music. Like, he's really branded it. Like, he has waters, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He has waters. I'm pretty sure he has a store uh, too. Yeah, like he's he got just, all the whale merch. Oh yeah, see, I need that. to go there. I'm slacking. I need a whale, <laughs> a, a whale crew neck right now. I hope he has an orca. I'm sure he has an orca. You know what I'm saying? He used to have the barcode. Like you know what I'm saying? Like people love that, especially if you from like you know you from East of Truth. Like you feel, you feel uh, exactly what he's saying. Like you know what I'm saying? We say a whale, like a big fish in a small pond. You know, like he he. He knows, you know, he knows, and I mean, but he's he's made so many connects from like you know the Bay and like been a part of that that uh, you know, and there that scene's been booming because of the you know Mag Dre, but like that's our sister city, so of course like like I'm listening to old you know Bay rappers and they're talking about you know Rich the Factor, so they're they're well connected even really before the music stuff, so. That's just I mean that's just footwork if you ask me, mm. and I mean not to say that none of us have enough footwork or you know what i'm saying but like just for the type of music we do like nobody's going to attach themselves to it if it's not doing anything and that's just uh that's a a terrible reality but i mean that's just what it is i mean i remember watching uh charles hamilton uh like I'm, i'm a big charles hamilton fan like before like he spiraled and shit he passed a mic to Kendrick Lamar, like, back when he was, like, super K-Dot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, super K-Dot. Like, my guy's ears was out to hear, like, K-Dot. Like, you know, I, I remember, like, 
listening and like not caring. You know what I'm saying? But like this is before this is before Kendrick Lamar, but it's still Kendrick Lamar. But like I just remember like, you know, if it's not doing anything, I didn't care. And I mean, that wasn't bad. Like I wasn't sleep on it. And I don't think people are sleep on Kansas City. I don't think Kansas City's necessarily sleep on Kansas City. Like everybody's just into their own shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of shit that happens that I don't do in Kansas City. Like First Fridays is evident of that. Like every time I go to First Fridays, like there are a hundred and one things that I see and I'm like, oh well next time I come down here or you know, oh man, that restaurant like for real, like people don't have time to be outside all day. So like I feel like as artists we can't expect people to really like, you know, really be bumping our shit. Just be grateful. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful for who is. Like you know you know people who listen to your podcast, you know people who uh go to your website, like, you know, just be grateful for that. I'm sure Rich the Factor's grateful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and like like you were saying, you um like he has like put in like a lot of like work and like has been present for like so long in the city. So yeah. you know, I I guess like even if you are releasing really great music right now, I mean, if you keep it up, there's probably a good chance people will be, like, repping it pretty hard, like, maybe five, ten years down the line, like, if you are still putting out stuff. Yeah, but see, like, people, uh, there are a lot of people that really uh, don't want to do do that. People don't want longevity. People don't want long ball. I think the difference with me is, like, I really, uh, I really enjoy this like the process of creating music of you know putting it out there you know because that's me sharing that's that's me like you know that's that's helped me you know even even communicate or even speak with anybody but like a lot of people you know they see what you do they get inspired by what you do but they get inspired to do the same thing and you see a lot of those people who aren't really that serious that that fall off you know but I know, like, a lot of, like, young, young talent, like, real good young talent. Like, like I want to make sure they make it. You know, even if I don't make it, like, I'll be I'll be the A&R to usher Aishan through at the end of the day. You know, like, that I, I'm, I'm playing long ball because I like being a part of this, this culture. Because, like, back when I was riding with my pops listening to, you know what I'm saying, Rich, my figures, and riding with my moms listening to music, So Child, Erica Badu, like... I was looking at people perform at First Fridays and like, you know, I, I want to be down there. Like I want, you know, I wanted, I wanted that culture, but like not even like I, I wanted to be a part of it. I just wanted it to be like a part of my life, you know? And like, I, I think that's good that like, like the younger uh, hip hop scene is becoming a part of First Fridays too. Like, because like we need that, we need that. That's not that's not networking in my opinion. In my uh, in my opinion, that's culture. Like we need that authentic. You know, like it's it's a uh, it's hard living like in the middle of everything because like everybody kind of just emulates what they see. But like first Fridays is one of those things where like I feel like that's authentic, like Kansas City. Not not the term, but just like what happens, what what conspires, what people try to do, like. It's it's authentic. It's real artists. Whether you're painting, glass blowing, poetry, whatever. I'm grateful for that shit. Oh, yeah, and what I've been kind of interested by too is like there there are plenty of like real like kind of dumb, messy like Twitter arguments that happen like within Kansas City's music scene. But one that I've actually found like really interesting and like I've been thinking about a lot. Um, it's like it's it's been brought up a lot in the last month or two is like how some people are like kind of discouraged or upset that people are treating first Fridays kind of like a party you know as opposed to like focusing on the art have you like seen people talking about this or yeah, and do you I'll, have much of an opinion I was wondering like uh, where that came from like I was wondering like you know what what happened to where people were so annoyed you know, that somebody breaks something, was there, like, some loitering, you know, like, but I've seen it, but at the same time, like, life is a party, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, if somebody crashed in here in the middle of our interview, it's like, you know, people you ain't seen, you know, it's like, hey, we doing an interview, it's like, so the fuck what, bro, I ain't seen you in five years, got some brews, like, it's a fucking party, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, like, that's good energy, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
like out of everything that happens in Kansas City, like you can't be mad when people are smiling. You know, like for real. Like we just had like twenty people shot, like in the past like two, two weeks. You know, and that's that seemed like I'm super desensitized. You know, just from like seeing that shit all the time. But like you know, that's that's always terrible. So when you see people like enjoying themselves, especially in like outside, you know, outside downtown, and it's everybody. It's not just you know, it's not just Johnson County kids. It's not just like. You know, some UMKC or like some, you know, medical students. It's like, you know, it's literally everybody like smacking together. Like in Westport, everybody smacking together is super dangerous. <laughs> Just because everybody's drunk, everybody's getting fucked up. Everybody's getting fucked up at First Fridays, but it's like, it's just an elegance to it. <laughs> mm. You know, there's there's like a, a certain je ne sais quoi about like uh, what grows in First Fridays. Mm. No, yeah. And like, do you like find yourself um, like not hanging out in Westport as much, or like feeling bummed out about it? Because like I don't know, like maybe it's just because I've like experienced more of it and learned more about it over the last couple years. Mm-hmm. But at least from my view, like it is, it has kind of like deteriorated a little bit as like a destination and a place that people are excited to go. Yeah, like, not feel- not even like involving like the like whatever gun violence happens there occasionally but yeah, yeah but i mean gun violence happen everywhere it's yeah. it's it's clubs east of truce people don't even know about you know what i'm saying get shot up all the time people still be in there you know what i'm saying not me but like it uh i feel like it's more of that is like a lot of the bullshit kind of start popping up and then like there was a lot of chances for people who have been wronged to speak out or people that just have genuinely had terrible experiences whether it be at this business, that bar, you know, this food place or whatever, like, a lot of people start speaking up because, you know, a lot of people start really feeling uncomfortable. But, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that shit, like, has been happening. Like, the whole, like, Miles Bonnie, Bill Nigro story. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but, like... Was that part of, like, Aaron Randall's article about, like discrimination in Westport actually actually yeah I think I read that in one of his articles Mm -hmm. yeah like like that you know that that's unacceptable and you know especially from from people who are just trying to have a good time trying to you know find an escape trying to chill but I mean chaos gonna you know pop up anywhere you know people get shot anywhere like it's it's it shouldn't happen but like it happens and I mean there's really there's really no way to really put a, a leash on it. It's just, it's so it's so straight. The problem's so straight right now. The only thing that's gonna stop it is some fucking like <laughs> fucking martial law shit. Nobody wants that. But like, I don't know. Westport. It Westport. I mean, Westport b- birthed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I I come from riot room. So like, I can't I can't really say nothing ill of them. Plus, everybody I know down there, everybody I associate with that I know personally is, uh, you know, good people. And they might get drunk or lash out at times, but nobody's wronged me, you know what I'm saying? Therefore, I really can't say anything wrong. Like, and I've had terrible experiences. It's ter- terrible, terrible. You know what I'm saying? I've gotten into fights down there, all types of shit. People stole shit from me, but, like, it's, uh, I mean, but it's going deteriorate, to deteriorate, and then they're going to build it back up somehow, some way. Like, it's going to come back to life where it's like, uh, you know, like, where it's more of the destination than just, like, let's go to Westport, like, the default, you know, as some people treat it. People treat it like the default. So it's like, you know, you're already taking that energy down there. So, of course, you're going to have a, a a mellow time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and um, let me see. Oh, yeah, so um, to, kind of, like, not even to backtrack, but, like, just to talk again about it, but um, there is like, is there more guitar on this album than like some of your past stuff? I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, it has. There's guitar, like a lot of good guitar on Peking and Mannequins, mm-hmm. and I don't know, and like also Auto Tune, maybe a little bit more than you used to at least. But I know, I know you have been like on a couple of your like most recent projects, but yeah, and the Auto Tune like. Even I felt like it could have been, uh, we could have withdrawn on a couple of them, but 
just so I could hear like the tones of my voice that I'm, you know, I'm still like doing like, you know, like vocal lessons and stuff to actually, you know, achieve those actual, you know, those actual tones, those actual pitches, you know, but within my range, you know, I'm not trying to be Whitney Houston or anything. I'm not trying to hit a falsetto, but like, yeah, definitely there, there, there is a lot of guitar and a lot of auto tune on the record. And uh, the guitar, I mean, that's just, that's one of my favorite instruments, bucket list type shit. Like, I like to hear guitar, you know, especially when somebody good is playing it. And uh, I was uh, fortunate to have a lot of good resources when it came to guitar, like Colin Colin Coy. He's been playing guitar on my albums and, you know, with me live, you know, since since Caleb days, since the Shameless Management days. Uh, even uh, Kevin Delaney's brother, uh, who was a part of his uh, whole like Promise Production uh, studios, like he played some good licks on there too. Like, man, like yeah, I just I love guitar, man. I love guitar, but that comes with the you know the whole White Stripes thing, like Jack White. Like I feel like that was his like first instrument. It probably even wasn't. I need to read a bio on it, but like just the way it sounded, you know, because like in the city, that was the only place I heard. Uh, a guitar was Jack White Mm -hmm. so of course like it was like nobody has this it's kind of mine so I attached myself to it because I was the only one with it so you know like yeah there'll be more guitars wait till I find like actual like you know just like (laughs) platoons of guitar players that I can just bring to a show and have like 60 people playing guitar like a symphony of just like people shredding (laughs) in Riot Room like they're in the crowd Everybody's bringing their own amp. It's going to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of that. Um, you know how, the, like, the T-Bones, like, had that? Like, they did, like, a Guinness record of, like, people playing Smoke on the Water at the same time, and everyone was down on the field with their Oh, man, amps. I think somebody did that for uh, Nirvana, too. Smells like oh, Tanspear. Yeah. I think they did one for that, too. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I could be a part of some shit like that, hell yeah. Like, that shit... Oh no, that shit seems fun. Mm. I like doing I like doing different shit. You know what I'm saying? Taking my lady to different little bars, you know, just experiencing different things, like trades, like I don't know, I just I just love knowing things. You know, because I remember a time where I didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, I still don't know shit. But like <laughs> I can tell you what I do know. And another well, I think you said that it tied into the dream that you had that mm-hmm. involved, like that kind of inspired some of the album. But um, there's the, and you mentioned it earlier, there's the song, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, Ogigia. Uh, Ogigia. Yeah. Which is an island in Homer's Odyssey. Yes. It's Calypso's island that mm-hmm. they landed on. And like, you know, I've told this story so many times that like I've kind of played telephone with myself. Yeah. So, like, this story is, like, super, like, broken down. And, like, you know, if you really want to know about OGG, I, you know, read the Homer's Odyssey. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good good stuff. But, like, yeah, that uh, that represented... I mean, that is, that's kind of like the title track, in a sense, because that represents the entire concept. Like, you know, you chain me down, you chain me down. Like, those lyrics alone, like, that's that's how I feel, like... I feel like Kansas City, you know, definitely has a hold on me. But eventually, I'm going to have to go. And, like, now I'm going to have to go. Like, I'm going to have to move because I love living here. Like, if I move, I want to live, like, in Italy with, like, you know, like, I'm I'm above, like, a restaurant. And there's, like, a gondola right next to me. You know, every day I step out and, like, the dude who owns the restaurant is, like, singing while he's flipping dough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to... You know, herd goats or something. If I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move. I'm not trying some some master of none shit. You know, (laughs) I'm trying. Like, I'm not trying to move somewhere and be on the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, be on the same shit and like broker. Or you know what I'm saying? With 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 less money, with less with with less help. You know, like yeah, like I I don't I don't mean like I'm about to leave. I love Kansas City, but at the same time, yes, like I do hate Kansas City. I mean, and that that's fair for me to say because this is my city. Like, this city birthed and raised me. You know what I'm saying? Without without love, there could be no hate. Like, I'm thankful and I'm grateful, but at the same time, I know that 
there's more for me. Like I know like my worth. Like and I feel like I've always known my worth or had some sort of understanding or comprehension of like, you know, like what I could do, my potential. But like Perfect Weekend is like really let me see that. Like like it's really widened the spectrum. Mm. Like my horizons have always been like broad, but like Perfect Weekend really really put it in perspective like what I can do. Mm. So so what what all happened in that dream that you can mention here? Oh, uh, well, it was basically just like some some regular braggadocious shit. So, you know, dream you're at the Grammys. Oh, everybody's clapping. Perfect weekend wins. I'm in a suit. Thank you. Thank you. And the next day, like, after, like, all the dust settled, I guess uh, I committed suicide or something. And as if uh, some sort of, like, sacrifice for, you know, the reward of, you know, getting a Grammy. And it was, like, my first album type shit. So it was, like, my debut album of me coming out, you know, signed by whoever the fuck. And it was just, I don't know, it was weird because... Like I said, the only thing I really took from the dream was, well, I took three things. The name, the concept, and the intro. Like, I, I remember, like, you know, that's that's as close as we could get it. But, I mean, the intro was literally, like, me in hell burning, you know, like. And that's another thing. Like, you know, those heavy, like, you know, that's heavy Christian undertones or whatever. But, like, I say that so people could understand what I'm saying, you know, like when like you're in like Westport and all that so long, like I was, like like you literally don't realize, you know, like you're just here. You're just existing for no reason. You know what I'm saying? You're burning. If you're not doing nothing, if you're not pushing some sort of standard, you know, trying to better yourself or better your surroundings, like you're not doing nothing. Like you know, going to Westport, performing three nights a week, you ain't doing nothing but drinking and saying hi to motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? You rap for 15 minutes. What else I've been doing with my day? Got to pay bills, you know? <laughs> like, shit's, I don't know, shit's wild, man. And I'm glad, like, I could finally embody all those feelings, you know? Because in a sense, like, a weight has been lifted, of course, but, like, it's still, it's still, uh, it's still a very, uh, very is it's very uh deep deep in me you know like deep <laughs> pause it's very uh it's very alive inside me i'll say it's mm-hmm. very alive those those feelings you know and i mean that's that shit taught me how to move like acknowledging those feelings acknowledging uh exactly the things I, the things i was exactly doing like like i had to or i wouldn't have grown i would have stayed in the same place you know which is you know perfect weekend in a nutshell standing in the same place feeling stuck like i can't because i deserve growth everybody does man and one last thing about the album that i wanted to ask well more of a comment than a question but i i did also get excited when i realized that you had um on venue you had production from rory fresco Mm -hmm. and on mannequins you had a feature from young machetes and i'm like that's like two very different but very exciting um um people and groups inside of like the kansas city metro right now and like i don't know i always like get excited about like seeing like two different things i love like in the same setting so i feel you i i I understand that sentiment like yeah yeah yeah. shout out to the young machetes man like they uh they embody like like literally like all my angst you know what i'm saying like they embody like like they do good work and i'm glad that they had the time you know to uh, to join me on private weekend because I reached out to them, but like I felt like I feel like I'm joining their journey, in a sense, because like I I just was recently put onto them uh, by Ebony Tusk, uh, and then like I caught a couple shows, and you know I was impressed. I was impressed by the intensity, the energy, the direction. Loved it. Well, with Rory Fresco, uh, it was around the time. Uh, he he was uh 
he was well into his uh his contract with uh Epic and uh he was selling beats and we reached out and we was fortunate enough to collab so I mean that worked out pretty well you know real real uh seamless you know no like oh the record label needs this or the record label needs that so I mean things kind of I mean if if there was like any kind of like resistance anywhere we tried to move we uh we put it down and came back to it later and if it didn't make the album it didn't make the album mm-hmm. so that was we were fortunate like in the process to work with good people awesome and yeah i guess just to round things out um well you also um co-host secondhand city with secondhand king mm-hmm. um have you been working on the podcast recently at all and um do you have any other projects we, had, um, we have episodes like in the vault but me and me and secondhand have been so so busy like he just dropped an album He's been really, uh, really intimate with the band, with the uh, with the whole uh, band thing, mm-hmm. like integrating that into his, his sound, like fully, full on recording with the band, like, and then you know me with Perfect Weekend, I was literally a hermit, shut in, so, like we have things like, in the vault, but right now, uh, you know it's not my show, but in my opinion, I'm not really sure where we're gonna take it. At this point, it could uh, continue to be a thing or it could become something different entirely. It could become something better or it could just, you know, we secondhand newsletter. You know, who knows? You know, but that's uh, all depending on Joe. Mm-hmm. For real. I just uh, I support Joe and, uh, you know, his endeavors. Like I said, I don't even know why I'm there. <laughs> I just show up, drink all his beer. And yeah, do you? Um, I guess we can just close things out. Do you have any other projects you're working on? Any shows coming up and all that stuff? Okay, so um, August seventeenth at Mini Bar, I have a sort of kickoff show for the Perfect Weekend Experience. Uh, Perfect Weekend, I really want to concentrate on the music, so I'm not going to have merch until later in the rollout. I really want people to just come, have a good time. Hang out. When do I get to see y'all? Mm-hmm. I don't. That's the answer to that. After that, we're headed to Lawrence. Uh, we have a show with Steady P. Opening for Steady P at the Replay Lounge. Please come through. Shut down a Replay Lounge with us. Every time I go to Lawrence, specifically the Replay Lounge, like things get extremely bucked. So I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. Uh, and I've got like other dates lined up that uh, aren't as solid, so I don't really want to touch on them. But, mm-hmm. like, for sure, like, uh, download Perfect Weekend. Listen to Perfect Weekend. Tell me what you think about it. Like, please let me know mm-hmm. what you think about it because I worked really hard on it, for real. Like, I worked really hard on it. Oh, yeah, and uh, Butterfly from Untuck is opening the Kansas oh, City yes, show. yes, yes, Shout and- out to the golden child of Intelligent <laughs> Sound right now. Like, yeah, she... Uh, she uh her courage man like she she inspires me she doesn't know it but she inspires me like and i i came up on her by accident because of uh rick mon and uh you know just just actually you know uh catching like her sets on like live or like you know just through like ig stories not like when i was searching for the opener for perfect weekend the vibe just fit mm. the vibe fit and uh you know, she's a good friend now. Nice. And I think Dub Santana is also on the replay show, or is that a different show? I'm oh, yeah. Dub, Dub, uh, Dub's on the replay show. There's Steady also. Uh, uh, is anyone else on that? Tion, 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 Tuan. Yeah. That's how you say Tuan. Yeah. My bad. Tuan. Mm. Every time I say it, I want to say T, T1. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the, it's the Ish Wonder curse. If you ever looked at Ishida's name, mm-hmm. like, I pronounce it how I say it. But yeah, and um, yeah, where can people find you on social media and everything too? Uh, you can find me on uh, just find me on Instagram, Graham, Graham. Um, you know, what I'm saying type in Dominico, you'll find it. Type in Perfect Weekend. I didn't hashtag it because, like I said, I'm I'm not for that culture. Mm. You know, I don't I don't really care. It wouldn't have mattered. Nobody really hashtagged it. I mean, if you did, kudos. But listen, just listen to the music, man. That's all I care about. Listen to music, not just mine. Like, you know, you know people that do things and you just be like great job 
No, nah, man, come out of pocket. Come out of come out on, on some feedback. Come out on something. Put some effort into into support into the support that y'all claim y'all do because y'all don't. I just sit back and watch. That's all y'all don't see me. I'm just watching everybody else lurking. You know what I'm saying? That's why I wore the hat so I can you know. They don't even know if it's really me. It's like when R. Kelly was wearing the mask. <laughs> I don't know if that's the comparison you want to oh, go no, out on, but nah. <laughs> it's cool. It works for me. My, peop- <laughs> my people know that I am not a rapist. And that's, uh, and that's yeah. the Shuttlecock Podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, and make sure to follow at Shuttlecock Mag <laughs> yes. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit shuttlecockmusic.com to see all the articles. Uh, go to shellcockmag.bigcartel.com to buy t-shirts, photozines, and buttons. And, yeah, I appreciate you being on the show today. Perfect weekend, perfect weekend, perfect weekend. Please please listen to it. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate, you know, especially because of our history. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We have a, a storied past. Yeah, storied past, yes. But it's not, it's not worse than uh, what some of these motherfuckers have done to me. But thank you. I appreciate it. No, oh, of course. Absolutely.